Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hi, David. Thank you so much for joining the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. This is David Butler. He is a guest and a physical therapist based in Utah. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this show with you. Thanks for, thanks for being a participant. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story and your journey of how you got into Shroff and what you are doing with it now and your interaction with people who have scoliosis? Yes, definitely. Um, so I have been a physical therapist now for 13 years. I graduated from Northern Arizona University in, let's see, it was 2007, so a while ago. Okay. And I, I came out of school and was asked to direct a clinic, an orthopedic clinic, and I uh, progressed to where I was board certified in orthopedics. Um, I since then, I mean, just a little history on my, on my work. Um, so I, I worked for eight years just in a general orthopedic clinic. Okay. And then I kind of got this bug in my brain that I wanted to do things differently. And that I wanted to treat people, um, you know, for longer and, and be able to spend more time with them. And so the only way to do that was to start my own practice. And so I started my own practice in uh, 2015. Okay. And that, you know, kind of led to, to the scoliosis specialty. But the way I got introduced to scoliosis was kind of interesting. Um, I, so I grew up in Utah and I went to school in Arizona and then I came back to Utah when I, when I was doing internships and that. And I remember I was, I had been a therapist for two years and I, uh, I remember having a patient come through the door and I, you know, in orthopedics, you never quite knew what, what diagnosis was coming in next. Okay. And, and so we we're sitting there and I'm talking to this, uh, this girl's mom and she's telling me that she has scoliosis and I could see that she had a scoliosis brace. And in school, just as a side note, in school, we only get probably 15 to 15 minutes to a half an hour of instruction on scoliosis. Really? And so, yeah, which, wow. I, so we know we know what it is. We know anatomically what scoliosis is. We know what direction it goes. We know some of the, the mechanics that happen with it, mm -hmm. but we're never really taught how to treat it. Okay. And, and part of the reason, and I understand the reason is most of most physical therapists aren't going to, you know, specialize in it or, or go down that road. So kind of makes sense. Okay. But this, this uh, pa patient's mom asked me, she's like, have you ever heard of the Schroff method and I had only been out of school a couple of years and I'm like I have no idea what the Schroff method is so I 
so I went home and I, uh, I looked it up, you know, I did a Google search and mm-hmm. one of the first things that came up was this book that's written by uh, Katarina Schroff. Um, it's a yellow book with green writing. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, and so I, hey, you have it right there. Look at that. <laughs> it's great. So I ordered the book and the book came a little while later, but before I was going to see this girl next. And I started reading through the book and I realized that I did not understand the book. It, it's, a, it's a very challenging read, even as a physical therapist. It's a very challenging read to understand what's going on. Because it's also, it's, some of it is literally translated from German to English. Exactly. Which you kind of, I mean, I lived in Germany for seven years. So when I read it, my brain could work it. But you kind of, right. if you're not, it's like reading law. Right. You're like, um, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I fell asleep quite a few times, you know, as I was reading. <laughs> and uh, it, it just taking a complex subject with a translation like that and yeah. in book form it, it didn't really work and so I, I kind of got a little little frustrated with reading that and so mm-hmm. I I talked to this this girl's mom about you know I it looks like you need to be trained in this I'm not really trained in this and she was coming in for back pain at the time okay and we worked on some core strengthening and worked on you know, where she was weak and tight and things mm-hmm. like that. And we had mm-hmm. a, we had a good result pain wise, but it always stuck in the back of my mind that I wasn't really addressing the curve. I was just addressing some of the impairments or the, the symptoms of the curve. And mm-hmm. so uh, for the next six years as a PT, it kind of stuck in the back of my mind. I saw scoliosis occasionally, but nothing, nothing significant. And now looking back, I probably saw scoliosis more, just didn't recognize it. Okay what it was and when I decided to to jump ship and do my own thing from uh, a clinic perspective it it kept coming to the to the front of my mind like hey you should specialize in scoliosis I'm like there's there's not enough people to supply a practice surprise (laughs) yeah surprise how how surprised I've been yeah Uh, so I I looked at the Barcelona Scoliosis Physical Therapy School that okay. was founded by Dr. Manuel Rigo and uh, went to Wisconsin and got trained before I started my practice. And I thought it was gonna be kind of a, a fun little side gig that I would see some scoliosis patients here mm-hmm. and there. And, mm-hmm. and it really interested me because orthopedics, orthopedics was interesting to me because it's kind of like a puzzle. It's kind of like, you know, you have someone come in, you don't know what's going on, you don't know their backstory most of the time, and you're having to figure out what's going on. So I, I think I naturally gravitated towards spine treatment because it was more complex. Okay. And then with scoliosis, it even, even went further down that road. So I got certified in scoliosis, and now I have two other therapists that work in my practice. We all treat scoliosis probably... 60 to 70% of the time. And it's, it's been really cool. I, I've seen, I don't know how many scoliosis patients now, but over, over 400, I think. And the so. primary, the primary therapy that you do with them is the Schroth method. Yeah, it depends a little bit on 
age. So okay. kids that are younger than 10, I do the, the C's approach, which is a, an Italian method. Okay. And over, over 10, we start to mix the two methods with the Schroth and the C's approach. Okay. And then with adults, I only use Schroth. The, well, I might use a little bit of the Italian stuff, but and, yeah. And have people, um, what has been your experience with people in terms of them when they start working with you, do they continue like lifelong or is there just a certain amount of time and then they go and continue on their own? Very good question. So that's, that's another, it depends. Okay. <laughs> with, uh, so young kids that have a lot of growth left, I usually do see them for, for years. Okay. Um, initially we do, we do kind of a big push where they learn the exercises. So that usually consists of like 12 visits, okay, which are an hour each. And the idea with that is for them to understand and know how to do the exercises at home. Okay. So after they get that kind of that bulk up front where they, where they learn how to do the exercises, then we do more exercise at home, exercise based at home. Okay. And then I follow up with them like every three months to make sure nothing's changing significantly in a bad way and for some accountability. So. And, and do you, well, now we're still in COVID, but so now are you just doing that virtually or are people coming into your uh, clinic as well or are you doing both? So in Utah, we were never shut down. Okay. Um, we've, been, we've been doing in-person treatment the whole time. Okay. There, was, there was a couple of months, um, April and May, where we weren't doing as much and we were doing more with telehealth and, and virtually, okay. which I was actually, I was actually really surprised at how much we could actually get done virtually because as a physical therapist and most PTs, uh, telehealth was something that was like, we can't do telehealth. How do we, how do we put our hands on people? You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technology is not that far yet. Um, it, I feel like it's given patients a great uh, opportunity to be educated about their own bodies, oh, especially definitely. with physical therapy. So I have seen during the course of COVID, I did, I have seen a few scoliosis patients that we've only been able to do virtual. Okay. And it's, it's not ideal and it's not something that, you know, I can, I can say we get as good of results as in person, but it is at least something I, I would rather do something than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because there's also there's with scoliosis, I can speak for my own story um, and I'm fused, mm -hmm. but there's mm -hmm. also the emotional attachment of the diagnosis. And like uh, yeah. I, we often I often say, you know, you don't know what you can't see. There's what's going on inside the mind and, and the discomfort of the body. Right. And then when you're able to transfer that knowledge to somebody to empower them even when it's virtual it it takes them off it takes right. them off so i remember i in your podcast i i heard that your nephew was diagnosed with scoliosis mm -hmm. did yeah. that did that bring you a little bit closer to having interest in this and being more invested in it it did his was a little bit different he had congenital scoliosis so okay. he had two hemivertebrae Okay. <clears throat> By the time I was ready to do scoliosis treatment, he was, you know, grown up and, and had passed okay. any growth that he had. But one that really stuck with me was I had a neighbor 
who uh, I think he was eight, so he was a juvenile scoliosis diagnosis. Okay. And he progressed really quickly and ended up having surgery. And so his dad, he was my next door neighbor and his dad kept asking me, what, what else can we do? What else can we do? And I hadn't been trained yet in it. And I'm like, well, there's this method that we can use, but no one around here does it. And the other challenging thing with that kid was that he, he was autistic as well. And so that would make Schroth exercises pretty challenging. I have, I have treated autistic patients in the past okay. and okay. sometimes they do fantastic, but um, he ended up having fusion and, and it went well, you know, he, his curve obviously stopped growing and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but it, that kind of stuck with me too. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had, I know it's often the case where teenagers, when they're diagnosed, they will reject any type of exercise that they need to do to um, decrease their curves. But have you ever had parents who have rejected, I guess, the, the whole package of scoliosis? Like they come to you and they say, I want to get my kid better. What do I need to do? And then you have that discussion and the parents kind of back off and say, I'm not ready to take this on. Have you ever had any experience like that with parents versus your clients? Um, I, I would say, let's see. I don't know that I've had that very often. I've definitely okay. had those that may, maybe don't, don't tell me that that's the reason that they've backed off. I think okay. sometimes, I mean, in physical therapy, sometimes we don't know why someone stops coming, like either we can't get a hold of them or, or anything like that. Sometimes I've suspected that, like either financially it's hard for them and they're, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I'm not ready to invest this. But more often it's, sometimes they don't want the battle with their child. Sometimes they, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things with that. I, and it's a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle for me to get kids to do their exercises. Yeah. It's a struggle for parents to get their, to do their exercises. I mean, it, it's a struggle for everyone to, you know, yeah. just get that ball rolling and keep it rolling. And so yeah. it's, it takes work and sometimes it's a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I come from both sides because when I was supposed to do my exercises, I was like, I'm not doing them. And I had the Milwaukee brace and, you know, it was, <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to wear this. I don't want to do my exercise. I don't want to do anything. And then when my daughter was diagnosed, I was like, you don't get a choice. Hmm. Yeah. And then was, so what exercises did you have when you had the Milwaukee brace? Oh, simple things like bird dogs. I mean, I don't even remember. I had, I had the brace in 1980. Mm -hmm. So, and it was just like, I mean, the only thing I can really remember that I was supposed to do was bird dogs. Right. And that was it. Schroth was not, was okay. not a conversation. No. Was not a conversation. And it's amazing because Schroth has been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's just, it's now coming back and being reinvented. And it's mm -hmm. like, but... Yeah. So it was put on the brace, do the bird dogs. And as you said in your podcast, wait and see. Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, let's not wait and see. Let's, let's be right. more proactive. And now we've got the Schroth and popping back up and you're now you have it. You've, you have, you've been doing Schroth how long at your clinic? 
Um, I think this will be six years this year that I've okay. been doing I've been doing Shroth, yeah. And you have about 30 to 40% of your patients are doing, are there specifically for Shroth with scoliosis? I would say more like 50 to 60. That's great. My patients, yeah. That is great. So if people in Utah are looking for somebody, and I actually know somebody, but I don't remember what part of Utah she's <laughs> in. She has scoliosis. If people want to find you, yeah. what is the best way to go ahead and do that? So, uh, I mean, just... Google searching Shroth in Utah um, okay. would be fine, but my my clinic is Align Therapy, okay. so you can go to aligntherapyutah.com. Okay, and how many um, how many people do you have that uh, specialize in Shroth? So I have one other PT that's certified in Shroth, okay. and then I have a physical therapy assistant that works with us. Okay, that we you know she she helps us out with doing that too. So okay. Um, we have three therapists at our clinic that can can work with that. Okay. So, yeah. And and what at what point, if you have experienced this at all, at what point are you? Do you say there's nothing more I can do for you? Have you had that at all with with your patients? And you're like, I we've we've explored every opportunity. Um, yeah. Where do we go for you know? Yeah, and I and I think the. The main one that we see is kids that progress towards surgery, you know, okay. not that curves that get over 50 degrees are surgical candidates and I'm not opposed to surgery. I think it it's effective for what it is, but we mm -hmm. try to keep kids from getting to that point. Okay. Once they get to surgical range, it's not that Schroth doesn't help and it can't reduce or, or stop the progression or even reduce the curve. Mm -hmm. But if they're getting into, you know, 60, 70 degrees, then that conversation's different. You know, that okay. conversation's more like, okay, this continues to progress. We're going to try and rein it in as much as we can, but now we need to discuss surgery. So the, those types, but then I've also had adult patients that have really big curves that do well with Schroth, but they they are having other issues. Like I had a, a lady who kept fracturing her ribs on her pelvis because the curve was was causing those to approximate. Okay. And yeah, so things like that, that, I mean, I couldn't stop that from happening. So right. she ended up needing to have surgery with that too. Have you ever come across people who have high increases in curves and are not in any pain? Oh, all the time. Okay. All the time. Okay. Because it's so yeah. often, I mean, the people that I've come across through social media, it's, you know, they're curved and they're in pain mm -hmm. and what should they do? Um, and it's, I feel like it's less so that we hear about people who have 60, 70 degree curves who aren't in any pain. Yeah. I had a, a girl, let's see this. I think it was in December that I saw that she she came in and her curve had progressed to, I think, 65 degrees. Okay. No pain. She, she was a young kid. Like, um, I think she was 11 or 12. So a big curve in 11 or 12, 12 year old. And she she didn't have any pain. And so I think the conversation needs to be a, a little bit different. Those kids have quite a bit different motivation. Mm -hmm. And I and I asked her, as I do a lot of my patients, I'm like, you don't have pain. Uh, you don't really notice the scoliosis a ton through your day. I'm like, have you ever wondered what's the big deal? And she goes, yeah, I've wondered that. 
because it's such an important question surgery and she's yeah and i don't think anyone had ever asked her that you know yeah. do you understand why this is important she's yeah. just like no she felt powerless she felt like she was just being drugged along not knowing why this was needed so yeah. and it's an important conversation and so often so many people feel that they're like I, i'm i'm in the trenches for what right for what i don't have any pain i have curves but i'm life is fine right quote, unquote you know and 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 yeah and it it's it's debilitating it can be really debilitating and you just and that's part of the whole i want to say like the 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 stigma that goes with scoliosis it's like you have this but you're supposed to be in pain or you're supposed to be different and you're supposed to be this but what if i'm not yeah well and i think everyone that sees that that child with scoliosis every healthcare provider asks them well, how much pain do you have mm -hmm. and and it's confusing to them because they're like i don't have pain <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, am i supposed to have pain you know that kind of thing yeah i was i was uh talking with somebody yesterday and she was asking me about my story and was i in pain i said no i don't i mean i was it was a long time ago but i don't remember pain when i had scoliosis i remember pain after the surgery mm -hmm. and i remember the emotional scars that the surgery and every, you know, everything with scoliosis left, but physical pain, I did not have. And I was super active. And, but at that time it was like, you have this, you have this, you have to do this. And this is the way we do it. Right. And I, and I'm glad that most of them don't have pain. I mean, the teenage patients that I see, it's only like 20 to 25% of those have back pain associated with it. But so I'm glad of that, but it's also hard to motivate someone who doesn't have pain to do their exercises. <laughs> it's like, it's like this double-edged sword. You're like, I don't want you to have pain, but it would be kind of nice. So you'd be motivated to do your exercise. Yeah, just if you had like a little discomfort, we could work through right. it. <laughs> right. But yeah. that, uh, you know, that, that goes into motivation and, and uh, incentives to do exercises, which yeah. Is a, a whole nother ball game <laughs> that that's a whole other conversation people don't oh, yeah. it's i mean even with with working out you know people i don't want to and you always right. tell people like you know what the best part is when you're done because you always feel better right and then they turn around they look at you and they go yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> you say yeah. so like my wife, when I convinced her to do a triathlon, I'm like, you just have to get through the first three miles and you'll feel great. She's like, well, how do I get through the first three miles getting motivated to do that? I'm like, just trust me. It took a while. Yeah. And now she's doing them like brushing her and teeth. Now, yeah. Now she understands how, how it feels. And, yeah. and so, and I think with, with scoliosis, it's so hard because we don't, I, I don't know how to motivate the kids as well as their parents do, or as well as they do themselves. Yeah. And getting that motivation to last for years is a, a real challenge. It's, you know? it's, it's hard. I, I, I faced it with my daughter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just, you kind of go, what do you, 
to get into the teenage mind is yeah it's challenging but um what what would you like to tell people any takeaways that you can give to people who are listening to this i think the biggest one is to to do something do something about whether you're an adult with scoliosis, whether you're an, you're an adolescent, uh, you know, newly diagnosed, do something. A lot of times my patients, before we start doing treatment, feel powerless to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've been told so often, let's just wait and see if it gets worse. Or the adult patients that I have are told, when, when it's bad enough for surgery, come back and see me. You know, st- stuff like that, that it, it's like, well, okay, I'm just this this victim of the scoliosis that's just waiting to. I'm just your tool. Yeah, I'm I'm just here waiting, and 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 that's a very powerless feeling. Yeah. And I think the biggest takeaway is there's there's methods to treat scoliosis that are have been researched and have been found to be effective, and look into those specific types of treatments. And, and do something. And even if you can't find anyone that does that around where you are, be active and get stronger and, and move your body. And there's plenty of stuff online that you can find. There's also a lot of not so good things online for it's, scoliosis, it's, but- It's the catch 22. Right, but if you can find something that, that helps you and has been, uh, you know, has been around for a while and has been researched, like the Schroth method or some of the other methods that are out there, do something about it and take the reins and, and do that. I think one of the most interesting studies that I've I've seen recently is there was a study looking at general physical therapy with scoliosis versus scoliosis-specific exercise. Mm-hmm. And they found that general physical therapy doesn't change the curve at all like the progress of the curve just happens as it normally would in general physical therapy. Okay. But once you once you get to scoliosis specific exercise with one of the the schools that have been around for a while, then you start to see changes in in the curve. Not that it goes away obviously. Right. But we start to be able to affect the curve and that was actually an orthopedic surgeon a, a scoliosis surgeon that talked to me about that. Mhm. He's like, make sure people know that it's not just PT that can help scoliosis. It has to be something that is scoliosis specific and has been designed for that. And so finding those things that are specific to scoliosis is very empowering. And and once, like with your daughter, you probably are like, okay, this makes sense. You know, yeah. you can you can tell that they know what they're talking about. You can tell that they I've done this before and this isn't just guesswork. Yeah, and when it's true. And with, even when I talk to her about curves and we talk about her curve, you know, we go over the convex versus the concave and and breathing through the back rib hump. And she, her curve is opposite than what generally people have. So Mm -hmm. my brain has to switch it and and talk. And she's like, yeah, and then we did this and this. And I'm like, and she knows it, just boom. Yeah. And it's they it's interesting to see how quickly they they pick it up they soak it up like a sponge um yeah. and she's yeah agreed agreed so it's just do something and right. do your research 
yes, do your research, do something. Don't get caught up in the crazy things people are doing on YouTube, but look into the, the real things that are out there that can be helpful because there's, there's plenty of things that you can do. I just need to be guided in that. Yeah. And I, I would say if somebody does find something on YouTube that kind of looks like questionable, reach out to that person and see what, see how they respond to right. your question about, about what they're doing. And that should right. also be a cue as to like, oh, okay, or thanks. Right. So, and, um, and I do, I do have a, a, quite a few videos out there, not specifically teaching people how to do shroth but giving examples and things like that they're and on I, youtube I'll, they're on youtube yeah okay. and i'll get a lot of a lot of questions uh you know about shroth or about the seas approach or about other things like that the videos aren't designed for people to do it at home the videos are designed for them to get a glimpse into what treatment actually is because it it's a challenge to know what shroth treatment is and let until you go through it right and especially and when so you're reading a yellow book. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm curious how far you got in that book. I read I, the whole thing. I did not read the whole thing. I got it when uh, my daughter was diagnosed. I had a colleague introduce me to it. Yeah. And then when my daughter started the physical therapy, I told the therapist, I said, I want a photocopy of every single page uh -huh. that you are doing. Um, and that was it. So I used it specifically targeted towards my daughter. Right. Um, so, yeah, but I actually, I actually have three of those books because, um, I had two parents that brought the book with them to therapy and they, they were like, do you want this? Cause I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah. The, the, her, my daughter's first physical therapist, she was even saying it's hard to understand. Oh yeah. And definitely. I said, I said, well, thank goodness I studied German. Yeah. So, yeah. And so my, my first course in, in Schroth training, I, I remember we were sitting in class. There were, I think, 12 of us in, in the room. And the instructor, she goes, so how many of you bought this book? And she holds up the book. And almost all of us raised our hands. It wasn't required for the course, but mm -hmm. I think all of us had done our preparation. And then she said, how many of you understood the book? And everyone's hands go down. And... <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I feel better that I didn't really understand the book because it, you know, it, none of the other therapists I was getting trained with. Did. Yeah. yeah, it's there's a there's a sentence in German. It's um, I'll say it in German: Deutsche Sprache, schwere Sprache, which means German language, difficult language. Right. Now take that and translate that into English, into physical therapy, and you're like, hands up. <laughs> Yeah, I hands think. up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you mentioned about the videos on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Can you share that with us so that people can go and look at those, kind of as a um, a view, so that if they have questions, they can reach out to you further. Sure. Yeah. It's so our our channel is Align Therapy Utah on okay. YouTube, and I have a couple of the videos specific to the Schroth method showing a couple of different positions. Okay. I have one on the C's approach and then I have some other ones on just core strengthening exercises if you're having pain with that, uh, taping techniques to control shoulder position, mm -hmm. things like that. So we also have a lot of orthopedic videos just for random okay. orthopedic injuries on there too. But okay. I get I get questions on there all the time and I try to respond to those as much as I can. But it's 
it, they, like I said, they're not designed to show you how to do it. And as much as I say that in the recording, I still get people that are like, I'm so excited to do this at home. And I'm like, no, that's yeah. not what, that's not the purpose of this. Um, but it gives you an idea of what's what's going on. So okay. feel free to check it out. Ask me any questions on there or you can just email me directly. My email is david at aligntherapyutah.com. So uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to, to help out where I can. Cool. Well, David, it's been a pleasure and an honor. And uh, I thank you again for giving us this time. And if people have any questions, I know that you're on Instagram. They can find right. you there. And mm -hmm. also with the email address that you have just given us. And thanks. Thanks for, for taking time out of your morning. It's early there. <laughs> well, I, I get up early anyway. And for stuff like this, uh, this is, it surprised me how much this has become a passion of mine. I didn't think I would be quite as passionate as I am about it. So it's happy to do it. Thanks for giving us some of your time. And uh, if anybody has any questions, you know where to find David. Awesome. Thank you. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.